everyone! Welcome to The Smile Project, a podcast from School of Dentistry. I am you. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is all about holistic dental education on the go. This would enhance your knowledge and attitude, not only towards dentistry, but life as a whole. Tune in to hear and learn from specialists from various fields of dentistry, sharing their experience and discussing topics in the realm of dentistry. Also, we have in store a small dose of inspire and influence, a section for quotes and productivity tips. So, let's begin! Welcome back to another episode of the Spile Project Podcast. So in this episode, we're super excited to have uh, Prof. Tila Karatne, uh, one of the stalwarts of field of oral pathology and medicine. So Prof. is a past president of International Association of Oral Pathologists and his areas of expertise is oral and maxillofacial pathology, oral cancer and OPMD. He also has numerous publications and book chapters to his credit. Currently, he's a professor at the Department of Oral Maxillofacial Surgical and Medical Sciences at the Faculty of Dentistry at University Malaya. So we are so excited to have you in our podcast, Prof. So thank you so much for joining us today. So. Prof, uh, let me just throw you the first question. So you were a board-certified surgeon, am I right? And before beca- before you became a pathologist. So yes. it's, it's a bit unconventional, right? So what made you choose that? What made you make that decision? Okay, good question. <laughs> um, I, I like that question. Well, when I was a student also, I wanted to become a pathologist mm-hmm. eh, rather than a surgeon, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm from Sri Lanka. And the time that I graduated, we did not have any postgraduate program in pathology, mm. right? Uh, not that I don't like oral surgery, I like oral surgery also, but if I'm given a choice, I would select pathology. Uh, because I did not have a postgraduate program in pathology, I had to do uh, some postgraduate, so I opted to do my next. Uh, the pet area, the oral surgery, mm. right? So then, of course, uh, I never, you know, forgot my main ambition. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, after that degree, I decided to do, do pathology. Mm. Then I uh, went to UK, mm-hmm. and I did my all pathology qualifications mm-hmm. in the UK. Oh, that's, that's and wonderful. I, I feel. Uh, to be frank, uh, maybe in a clinician and a pathologist, uh, I think I see the the problems, the special pathology problems, the cases when it comes to di- diagnosis in a broader sense and broader aspect than a pure bench pathologist. Mm-hmm. Because I have a clinical pathological correlation. Right? Yeah. Before I looked at the slide, when I read the clinical history, yeah. I have a better understanding as to what I'm going to look at. Yeah. So that's an added advantage. Still, I like surgery, but uh, if I'm given a choice, mm-hmm. yes, pathology is my better area. <laughs> so, Prof, what attracts you to pathology? Yeah, the pathology. From my student days, as I said earlier, you know, I realize it is the pathology mm-hmm. which tells us yeah. about the disease. Yeah about the disease in every aspect, how the disease is caused, 
you know how the the disease is going to progress you know what happens if you do not treat like natural history mm -hmm. so all those aspects are taught and can be learned in pathology but if you do other areas you know i don't think I, uh, we get the broader sense of every aspect of the disease right mm -hmm. and in a pathologist you can be part of the management team also the for a particular disease so therefore i find pathology is more close to me mm -hmm. uh, yeah. than uh, any other subject yeah yeah very interesting also i remember during your talk earlier you mentioned that if a clinician doesn't have doesn't have knowledge of pathology they're basically like a blindfolded clinician so now i really understand as i went through your talk earlier so also doctor how or what is your routine if you have a very challenging histopathology case and what is your approach to that case well <coughs> to diagnose whether it is a challenging case or not you have to follow the basic principles right one has to follow the basic principles mm -hmm. so as i said in the lecture so you need to have all the clinical details to start with right the history and other clinical findings the imaging findings right you need all that before looking at the morphological features the slide that you have got for the particular case you need to have the better understanding right so clinical features are these the imaging is this now this could be one of these you know that kind of a broader the image about the disease you should have having you know having that you look under the microscope then you get a broader idea right so you should not jump to the conclusion directly right prejudice is not allowed in, <laughs> in diagnosis mm -hmm. so therefore yeah. it's very important for, for the pathologist to combine all the clinical radiological features and other findings from various serological investigations if they are provided so then you look at the uh, histopathological features and i think at the end of the day you get the correct diagnosis yeah right? Yeah, yeah. And um talking about like diagnosing um a pathology, how often do you use uh immunohistochemistry tests? Yeah. Yeah, the most of the diseases in the oral cavity can be diagnosed without immunohistochemistry or other sophisticated uh, molecular testing. Uh immunohistochemistry is important when it comes to neoplastic lesions, right? Mm -hmm. Uh so especially you know if you have a poorly differentiated lesion the, the histologically then one needs to use immunohistochemistry mm -hmm. a to decide what lineage of cells you are looking at right whether they are lymphocytes whether they are uh, mesenchymal cells whether they are epithelial cells you know that broad differentiation for undifferentiated malignancy can be arrived with immunohistochemistry so that is the starting point mm. but then if you want to diagnose what particular specific tumor it is from within those categories i mentioned within the mesenchymal within the the epithelia there are so many right yeah. hundreds of different tumors for you to diagnose them uh, as to what it is exactly various uh, immunomarkers are helpful Yeah. So that's a very broad area, right? It's yeah. a subject by itself. Mm. Uh, so immunohistochemistry helps in that way. 
But uh, there is another technique called immunofluorescence yeah. that I showed you. Yeah. The, which it is very similar to immunohistochemistry, mm -hmm. but you look at the slide under a fluorescent microscope because the antibody is coupled with the fluorescent dye. Mm -hmm. uh, so that test is also very important, especially in oral pathology and the dermatology, because the, to diagnose the uh, autoimmune blistering disorders, immunofluorescence is a must. Mm -hmm. That not only uh, the, you know, help to diagnosis, but the immunofluorescence findings help to manage the patient as well, right? How much steroid you should give, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. <coughs> also, Prof, what is your opinion on digital pathology? Yeah, digital pathology is a very good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the developed world now, you can see a lot of cases are diagnosed with the help of digital pathology. Uh, I'm, I'm sure in the future the at least good 80% of the cases should be able to <coughs> diagnose with digital pathology mm -hmm. but still you know if the <coughs> human mind finding it difficult to come to a differential diagnosis or the correct diagnosis uh, computer might find it even harder <coughs> because there are difficult cases but that's cohort of cases you need a pathologist. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. You can never replace the pathologist with digital pathology 100%. That is for sure. But uh, digital pathology will be helpful, right? For the, the cases which have the textbook appearance, you know, all the, all the you know, the 1 to 10 features are there for this tumor. You know, that kind of justification is there. Then digital pathology is helpful. Yeah. But digital pathology can help in many other ways. Yeah. Uh, in the diagnosis as well. So we also do some research uh, using AI and digital pathology. So that's a, that's a good area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's. Uh, thank you for sharing. You know all the um, all your insights on diagnosing um, a certain disease. And so you worked in Sri Lanka before you joined the University of Malaya. So. Um, what difference do you see here in the students compared to the students here and the students in Sri Lanka? Uh, I don't see much of a difference. Mm. Uh, when I look at the Asian students, I think Asian students are different from the students uh, in the West. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> because I, I worked uh, at the University of London for a significant time. Mm. Uh, the professor of oral pathology. Our students here in Asia, uh, they don't come forward much, uh, you know, uh, asking questions, etc. But I'm not telling they're not uh, knowledgeable, they're very knowledgeable probably. Uh, but asking questions, the, you know, the, the self stimulation is little less. More restrained. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think more you know, conservative approach, I think. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, if I compare the Sri Lankan students and Malaysian, I don't see much of a difference. Mm, 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 uh, you know, when we ask them to ask questions, yeah. if they have any, uh, not many students ask questions. So <laughs> that, that's uh, probably a common thing in Asia. Yeah. But it's perhaps different in the, in the, in the West. Yeah. Also, Prof, you are you're very you're such a big name in research in the field of research. So, how do we as beginners in dentistry, how do we take steps forward towards research? 
Yeah, that's actually as a student, if you have an interest in research, I think you should start uh, that at the stage of a student, right? So you don't need to go for big research to start with. Uh, so always as beginners, you know, you can just write your case reports, you know, when you find an interesting case. Right, it is not a big research, but you can write a case report on the particular case, mm. right? And then once you know you publish it, then you get some self satisfaction, and you feel like you know planning something better, mm. right? So then you can perhaps move into very simple clinical audits. Mm -hmm. You know, you have many patients. You know, you treat when you are a student. You have a record of all the cases that you do, and you you just look at. You know, the, the, the same disease you are probably you treat in different ways and you see what way that you, you know, treated works well for this the same disease. So that is a clinical audit. So by doing so, you can improve yourself and you can distribute that what you got mm -hmm. to others, your other mm -hmm. colleagues. So that is the beginning. Now, most of the time when we come to research, people say there is no time. We have no funding. So you don't need funding to do research all the time because especially in the field of medicine and dentistry, you have enough material from your patients. No? Those patients, the clinical findings, as I said earlier, clinical audits, so various comparisons, you know, they, they, although it's the same disease, the 10 patients may present with 10 different uh, the clinical presentations. So you can compare those, you can report those, you know. That kind of things, you don't need money, right? And the time factor is also not a, not a big issue uh, to do that kind of uh, research work because there's nothing, you know, lab time involved, etc. And so you have to start small, right? With time, you know, you can expand it. Once you graduate, you know, so you can get the help from your peers, from your teachers, etc. to plan proper, proper research. But until such time, you can get involved in little little things right so that will inculcate the idea of research within you right so then one day you can i'm sure become a good researcher mm, thank you so much for that advice and i'm sure a lot of um, aspiring researchers or pathologists will be so uh, grateful for your advice so uh, maybe a last question, but what is the one moment in your professional life that you've uh, that you've gotten great joy from and that you'll remember forever? Well, there, there are many. Because, <laughs> you know, now I have come to the last part of my academic career. Uh, there are so many. Because as you both uh, were talking about research, mm -hmm. there is something that I enjoy, right? I, I don't know whether I would stop doing research until <coughs> you know I say the last goodbye so I might be doing some kind of research all the time out of the award that I got the award that I like most is when I got the best research award in the country in uh, health sciences right mm. including medicine dentistry veterinary mm. science mm. right wow. so yeah. that that Probably, if you ask me, mm -hmm. my most joyful moment in, in research and in academic career, mm -hmm. I think probably that is uh, one of the biggest moments. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
also, you know, that I'm from a small country, mm. uh, the European country, when I became the president of the International Association, I think that was also a very joyful, big moment uh, yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm sure it must have been. And uh, maybe one take-home message or one uh, aspiring note to all dentists out there or, you know, all the oral pathologists or even dental students maybe have just a small takeaway to to tell them? Yeah, the, my way of practicing yeah. uh, dentistry or for that matter oral pathology uh, is based on commitment, mm -hmm. dedication, without postponing any work that should be done today to tomorrow, right? Irrespective of how busy you are, you have to manage your time correctly, right? Time management is very important, right? So if you manage your time correctly, with your dedication and commitment, I am sure anyone can reach their goals without any problem. Okay, thank you so, so much. Um, thank you so much, Prof, for joining us today. And um, we are so very grateful to have you on the podcast. And uh, we just wish you well. We wish you all the best. And um, yeah, Aruna? Yeah, thank you so much for being so... Warm. Warm. <laughs> so, yeah, for being so warm, for being so welcoming and for really answering every single question. Thank you so much. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. All My pleasure. Very All the very best. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Smile Project. We hope you enjoyed. If you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with your family and friends and leave a rating or review. Thank you once again and I'll see you next time. Bye! Bye.